0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 160 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. And then Zach's joining us as well, our pretty much only repeat guest. What's going on with you guys this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping I can get back just to 500 at least by World Cup time. But it's it's definitely a tall task. Um. Okay. Shall we jump into these games? All right. It- <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, you won't have to worry about pretty much any Brentford players because I don't think any of them are there. Yeah, which is a shame. He he probably should. Um. Okay. Nottingham Forest two. Brentford two. Oh boy, this one hurt me. Um. I I actually had Brentford and that ninety sixth minute own goal fucking railed the parlay for me. Okay. Yeah. Morgan Gibbs White got the story, the scoring off early for Nottingham Forest. They led one 0 heading into halftime. Uh. Brian Embuemo was lucky to get a penalty there. Uh, it was 1-1 at halftime. Yoan Wissa scored in the 75th minute, and then Matthias Jorgensen with a very unfortunate own goal in the 96th uh, for Brentford. So it was a 2-2 draw for these two teams. Nottingham Forest actually looked pretty good. They looked pretty good yesterday in the League Cup, too. I watched that whole game. Uh, 15 shots for Forest, seven of those on target. For the Bs, six shots, two of those on target. Possession was pretty much right down the middle, but Nottingham Forest stayed in the game all the way. Uh, I was a bit shocked, to be honest. We haven't seen a ton from Gibbs White, but he was able to get on the board here, and they definitely got bailed out by that own goal at the end. Uh, but it, I guess it's good to see them fight a bit. Um, I thought, you know, maybe Brentford would walk away uh, as I watched the second half, but, you know, Nottingham Forest stayed in it, so a good point for them. They definitely needed it against the Brentford side, who are in 11th and on 16 points. It's a, it's a good point for Nottingham Forest.
1: Mhm. Um, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's jump into the next. We had Brighton 3, Wolves 2. Good Lord, this was an entertaining one. Uh, Absolute chaos, like Matt mentioned on Saturday morning. Adam Lallana got the scoring off early. He scored in the 10th. Gonzalo Guedes got one back in the 12th on a counterattack. Ruben Neves put Wolves ahead with a penalty in the 35th, but Brighton were the team to finish it all off. Quaro Mitoma, who Matt mentioned last week, really likes. Uh, he scored in the 44th. Semedo got a red card uh, after pulling somebody down in the box in the 40, or it was right outside the box in the, the stoppage time for the first half. And then Gross uh, scored the winner in the 83rd. Brighton are just so high-flying. They play like such a electric rapid style of football um gross and a playing right and left uh back respectively I think both of those guys have done a fantastic job this year the midfield is great Caicedo and McAllister both do a fantastic job uh Lalana looked really good in this game we don't see him every game but he did look really good here I think the more and more I think about Lalana like He's just—he's had a decent career. He's been pretty serviceable everywhere he's been. Uh, just really suffered from injuries throughout pretty much the prime of his career. But he did look great in this one. Matoma, fantastic. Nothing from Trossard in this one, but uh, he was real—you know—just involved, making sure uh, that everything <clears throat> stayed as high wire as it could. Uh, in terms of Wolves, I don't know. I—I I just don't know if this team is really going to be able to do anything because. When they score, they don't defend. And when they defend, they don't score. They can't, they, they just cannot seem to get all of these, th- these things wrapped up together. And it's not like they have a bad defense or even a bad attack if you look at it on paper. Um, good to see Gonzalo Guedes get a goal. They, they paid like 35 mil for him. He's been relatively quiet. So that was nice. It was a good finish. Uh, but overall, Wolves still disappointing on the week.
1: Lopetegui, yeah.
0: I don't know when that's going to stop. I mean, they just they just do not seem to be able to hold leads. It's really tough, even when they score. Uh, okay, let's move on to another relative banger, even though there wasn't that many goals. Uh, Manchester City 2, Fulham 1. Julian Alvarez got the scoring off early with no Holland. Uh, he scored in the 16th. Andreas Pereira with a penalty in the 28th after João Cancelo got a red in the 26th. It was quiet until the 95th minute when Erling Haaland scored and sent City ahead. 16 shots for City, five of those on target, four shots for Fulham, two of those on target. 71% possession for City, had 717 passes. Uh, When you compare that to Fulham's 295, you can tell uh, just how, how clear City are of Fulham. Man, I picked Fulham in this one. I I thought that they might be able to win the game. It looked like after that red card and being 1-1 in the 30th minute, they might have time uh, to figure things out, but they unfortunately did not have Mitrovic in this game. That was a huge loss. I think if they had him, this game probably would have gone differently. I do think overall Fulham played a Pretty decent game, but that penalty there at the end is is really tough. It, it's tough to lose this game, especially when you thought you were in it and then got that bump from a, a Cancelo red card. So I was still impressed with the way Fulham played. I do think that they're a solid team. Uh, they were definitely unlucky here. And, I, of course, I wanted Fulham to win because City are just biting at Arsenal's ankles at this point.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I just I, Yeah. Uh
0: I really do wish that they had Mitrevic in this game cuz I I do think he is he's just so important for them it's like it's like missing your your center it's not it's, it's like have not having your center in basketball it's so tough because he's so physical and obviously he's such a talented finisher uh that that being without him like your your play and your trust in your striker just drops off so much um and i just think fulham eased off the gas like they, they really couldn't afford to do that especially because city are pretty weak defensively for how good they are overall. They they have holes in their defense. They've let up a considerable amount of goals for the, the, the quality that they really do have. Um and, and being without him it, it fucked my prediction. But like you said, I I I I felt sharp. I felt like it was a good pick. Um but yeah, there's always there's always next time. Yep. Um, okay, let's jump into the next one. Talk about a fucking banger. Leeds United for Bournemouth three. Rodrigo Moreno got the starring or the the scoring off early for Leeds. He scored in the third on a penalty. Marcus Tavernier in the seventh for Bournemouth. Philip Billing in the 19th. Dominic Solanke in the 48th. It was 3-1. And then Leeds, charged back with a Sam Greenwood goal in the 60th, a Liam Cooper goal in the 68th, and again, the Somerville guy, Crescencio Somerville, scored in the 84th minute. It was the game winner. What a performance from Leeds. You don't see this all that much. This is two wins now in a row, four Leeds. Jesse Marsh, I'm sure, is thrilled with the performance of his team here. He got goals from all over the place. Um, Rodrigo Somerville, Cooper, those guys all playing, you know, pretty far apart from each other uh Somerville is really good I'll be honest he he has looked great in the past two weeks and um for a leads team that's sort of struggling in terms of injury not having a guy that you can trust up top really although Rodrigo is sort of evolving into that the best availability or the best uh ability is availability and Somerville's been there he's been the guy that they've been able to rely on for two clutch goals now So a really good performance from Leeds. Their defense obviously is still suspect It's sort of getting back to the way that they were with um, Bielsa where it's just complete feast or famine. Uh, They're going to let in two goals a game pretty much. Uh, They're going to have to outscore that two goals if they want to win. And they were able to do it here. So I think this was a great win for Leeds. They had 18 shots. Four of those were on target and they managed to get all four goals in. So Uh, A good win for them. They definitely needed it. I believe they are in uh, 12th, so not terrible. I think it's good, and I think Marsh uh, will probably be safe at least uh, until after the World Cup.
2: Yeah.
1: Billing too, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, let's move into the next one. Everton nil, Leicester City two. Boy, um, I don't know. Did I pick Leicester in this one? I think I did. Yeah, so this was one of the ones I got right. Uh, Leicester City totally outplayed Everton in this one. It's a continued issue for Everton that they cannot score. 2-0, Yuri Telemans in the 45th, Harvey Barnes in the 86th. Uh, Yui probably could have had two in this one. I think he's definitely the performer uh, of the match for me. But this Leicester team is starting to look a bit better. Uh, Madison Barnes, Dewsbury Hall, and Tielemans across the middle is a really, really good line. Um, Bubakari Sumari is starting to sort of uh, fit in down there. He got subbed off, but. Overall, I think this Leicester team is starting to gel a little bit better. I still don't think Brendan Rodgers is the uh, is the answer there. I think they probably need a new coach, but a 2-0 victory here against an Everton side who just struggle offensively constantly every game uh, is, is pretty much all they can ask for. Leicester had 22 shots. Eight of those were on target. Everton, 12 and two shots on target. Uh, I think Leicester moved the ball around better. I think overall, they just looked a little bit more toothy up top, and and that's that's the dividing line. When you look at how many shots and how many chances Leicester had, for Everton to only let two in is actually not that bad, but... They're not going to be able to get back into games, especially when they concede as late as they did here. Yuri Tielemans, you know, going into to halftime, scoring the goal there, that's tough. Um, it was really tough for Everton to fight back from that. And then they conceded late to Barnes. So, you know, it really it's a 1-0 victory for Leicester. Um, Everton's defense is still really solid. They just have to get an answer for up top because DCL is not doing it. And I don't think you can rely on McNeil and Gray all that much to score that many goals. So a tough loss for everton but this is you know pretty expected when when you look at the teams Uh yeah yeah definitely uh he is such a freak dude number one maybe maybe not number one freak but he's he's close um okay let's jump into Chelsea Arsenal good lord yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> a uh a hard-fought victory for Arsenal Uh, at the bridge 1-0 Gabriel Magohe's goal in the 63rd was the separation Uh, you could probably give that a a share between Saka and and Gabriel but uh, goal goes to him on paper scored in the 63rd really really good game from Arsenal defensively I just think Chelsea's set piece defending on every single corner I saw was shocking I don't know what is happening there but they are struggling offensively and defensively. I think Aubameyang touched the ball 8 times before getting subbed out. He was not the answer. I am confident in saying that Aubameyang was not the answer there already. Uh Sterling looks lost at points. I think if he's not going to be the number one guy up there, then it's really tough for him to sort of cement himself because he's been he's been all over. They've played him at wing back, they've played him at right mid, right wing, striker, like it, it's just I don't know. It's not good. Mount's been quiet. I think overall that defense got got exposed. I think Arsenal probably could have scored more than one goal in this one, but we'll take the one point or the three points. We'll take the, the one goal. It's fine. Uh, in terms of statistics, 14 shots for Arsenal, five shots for Chelsea, two shots for Arsenal on target, and one shot on target for Chelsea. Possession pretty much down the middle. Arsenal moved the ball better, but overall... Uh yeah I'm I'm really happy with with 3 points. This is notoriously a really tough fixture for us. Uh so I was happy to see them get there 34 points uh in first for Arsenal, Chelsea in uh 7th on 21.
1: Mhm. Yep. He's got a goal. Well,
0: he's he's good though. <laughs> he's a general. he just he sucks he's just slow yeah a little
1: bit
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's jump into Zach's team here. We're going to cover all three of our teams in the matter of two games. Good God. Um, Mr. Good Evening is here now. Uh, first game in charge for Unai Emery, ex Arsenal boss. Uh, then he was at Villarreal, where he succeeded, I would say. Uh, Leon Bailey getting off. T- what did you say, Matt? Yeah. Yep, so he's got United's number for sure. Uh, Leon Bailey got the scoring off early in the 7th. Luca Digne hit an absolute fucking screamer on a free kick in the 11th. There was an own goal in the 45th from Jacob Ramsey. uh, That had United and Villa at 2-1 headed into the half, but in the second half, Jacob Ramsey made up for it, scored in the 49th. Boy, this was a tough one for Villa or for United because I don't think they played all that badly offensively. Um they only had 3 shots on target to show for it, but they did hold a lot of the ball. It looked like they're, you know, they're moving the ball around with a little bit more intention. Uh Ronaldo got the start here. We had Garnacho out on the left, Van de Beek who I forgot existed started in the center, uh, and then we had Erickson and Casemiro playing the pivot, which I think is pretty much the best they can have back there. Um, what I, what I would maybe say is I know Erickson lacks a bit of pace at this point in his career, but Van Beek probably doesn't need to be starting here. I mean, I think we've, we've gone over this. He's not, he's not a fit there. It, it, it's been a flop of a signing. He hasn't been good anywhere. He's gone since Ajax. Erickson could probably play Cam or at least in that line with Garnacho and Rashford. And then you put Fred back there which is crazy. I know why would I ask for Fred, but he and Casemiro together, it would be a good pivot. Um, I don't know. This is tough. Ronaldo not still not up to the task. It seems Rashford playing right, right mid now. He should probably be on the left. And I don't necessarily know if Garnacho earned a start here. I know he scored midweek, but um, yeah, I don't know. This just isn't United's best lineup overall. And I think it's It's a bit unfortunate for them to lose 3-1 to to Villa, but Villa were the better team on the day offensively. So, you know, hats off to Leon Bailey, who I've been extremely critical of uh, throughout his time there. It was a a good performance from him. Watkins still been pretty quiet. Buendia, another one, been quiet, wasted a couple of chances in this one. But overall, uh, a good three points for Villa, for sure. They needed it. So they're in uh, 13th on 15 points. United in fifth on twenty three. Mm-hmm. yep okay let's move on to the next one we had southampton one newcastle four good lord miguel almiron is he's killer he's been so good this year he's been slandered throughout his career probably by me as well um but he's been really, really good this year. He got the scoring started in the 35th. Chris Wood added one in the 58th. Joe Willock, Arsenal legend, added one in the 62nd. And then Bruno Guimaraes scored in the 91st. Uh, I didn't mention Romain Perot, who scored in the 89th. But that was it for Southampton. Really quiet game for them. They had a couple of chances. Um, a couple of solid chances, but just not really threatening. I, I said quiet. It wasn't all that quiet. Just not threatening. They're not a threatening team. Walcott's playing striker. I don't understand that. Put El Elianusi up there or somebody else. Um, center of the park, not getting any contributions really from them. Ward Prowse and Maitland-Niles, I think, are both guys that can do a job. But Southampton, we're not to the task here. Newcastle are just so good offensively. They defend well. Um. But they get a ton of goals from the center of the park. And Bruno Guimara is maybe the best midfielder in the league at this point. He is so good. He's so good on the ball. He's good off the ball. His positioning is fantastic. He does the job defensively. He does the job offensively. He contributes. He scores. I don't know. He's he's unreal. I just think this Newcastle team, even when you're not playing St. Max. Um is so good, and they have really pacey guys on the bench. Ryan Fraser being one of those guys. They have target back there. They can sub in um, if Trippier or Burns not up to the task. Uh, this this Newcastle team is really good. When you look at their lineup on paper, it's good. It's not great. It can definitely be improved. Um, but I think overall, like I don't know, this Newcastle team is threatening. And I think when it comes down to it, towards the end. Um, they're in third right now. They could, they could stay in third. They could 100% stay in third. They have four wins in their last five. I'm mega impressed with them. And Southampton, I guess, you know, this is kind of what I expected. They're in 18th. They're on 12 points. Um, you know, my, my prediction for Newcastle and Southampton are both looking really good at this point this season. Okay, let's move on. West Ham 1, Crystal Palace 2. Another comfort behind victory from Palace. Said Ben-Rama got the scoring started early in the 20th minute, but Palace had other plans. Wilf Zaha scored in the 45th, uh, 41st, Michael Olise in the 94th at the death. Unbelievable. Palace definitely the better team here. 15 shots, 6 of those on target. 5 shots for West Ham, 2 of those fell on target. 58% possession for the Eagles, 5- 591 passes, 419 for uh, uh, West Ham. Man, this Palace team doesn't quit. Um, they have so many guys that are able to get the job done late. Olise is one of the players that I've always sung the praises of him, and Mateta, who we haven't seen all that much of this year, but... Man, Olise has been good. Wilf, again, he comes in and out, to be honest with you. Some weeks he's really good. Some weeks he's pretty much non-existent. But he was playing striker here. I think that's where he plays the best, to be honest. He is extremely solid. Um, What a game from Palace. A great three points here. They're in the middle of the table. I believe they're in 10th on 19 points. Um, West Ham now in 15th on 14. Man, I was happy to see this. It was a it was a really fun game to watch and I just love the youth in Palace. I think they're such a good team. Uh, Okay, let's move into the final recap of the week. Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2. Fuck. Uh, I thought I had something here, but I definitely didn't. Liverpool with goals from Mo Salah in the 11th and the 40th. Harry Kane with a lone goal for Tottenham in the 70th. Pretty even game overall. The first half definitely dominated by Liverpool, but once uh they made some substitutions in the second half tottenham that is I think Tottenham came to life, they sprung into the game a bit. they had a couple of chances. they hit the post once uh Kane with that goal, but overall i don't I don't really think this was that bad from Tottenham. I think it was a tight game, tighter than um than I would have imagined after the first half. Seessen continues to look pretty good. I think he's gonna have to be their answer back there um Emerson needs to be fired into the sun. We had Perisic playing striker alongside Kane here, which is weird, but uh, they're missing. Son, he's all banged up. He's got a fractured eye socket. Apparently, he's still going to play at the World Cup, so I guess he'll be playing uh, in a mask. But yeah, I don't know. Good good win for Liverpool. They still look defensively pretty shaky, even at full strength. Um, but I guess this is all you can ask for right now for Liverpool. They're in a pretty bad spot in the table. I think they're in eighth on 19 points. Um, to beat a Tottenham team who's ahead of them is is pretty solid. And it was good for me because I have Mo Salah in um fantasy. So a good day for him overall, but unfortunate for Tottenham. Yeah, easy. Um. Okay, let's uh, move into predictions. <clears throat> Alrighty, we have, this is the last week before we get into World Cup mode, eh? All right, so Manchester City versus Brentford kicking off at 7.30. That's the early game this week on Saturday. I'm going to take City in this one. I don't really think we need to explain that. Uh, I just think City are a better team. Okay. Right. And our next game is Liverpool versus Southampton. This one, you would think last season, maybe this would be a, an easy one to pick. Uh, But I don't know. Liverpool just looked suspect. Southampton got a point Uh, versus Arsenal. I think they can probably get a point here. I'm actually going to take a draw, even though Liverpool probably win.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Bournemouth versus Everton up next. I'm taking Bournemouth in this one. I'm gonna continue to fade. Um, what's it called? I'm gonna continue to fade Everton. Yeah, I'm taking them again. All right. All right, cool. Um, And then we have the next one, which is West Ham versus Leicester City. This is a notoriously tough game to pick. Um, West Ham's the favorite here. I'm going to take a draw. I think this one ends 1-1 or 2-2. I can see West Ham staying in it. They kind of need the points. I know Leicester have been playing better recently, but I, I do think this one ends as a draw.
1: Okay.
0: Fair. Um. Okay. Tottenham versus Leeds up next. This is another one that's kind of tough to pick. Tottenham looked shaky a little bit last week offensively. They're missing Son, which is a huge loss. They play against the Leeds team who scored four goals last week. I do think I'm going to go with Tottenham, but I can see this game being a draw. 100% I can see it. Okay. Okay. Zach, or you were, you said Spurs. Sorry. Uh. Okay. Let's move into the next one. We have Nottingham Forest versus Crystal Palace. This one's easy for me. I'm gonna take Palace straight up. Okay. Um, all right. The next one is Newcastle versus Chelsea. Uh this is going to be the game of the week, I think, and I'm actually going to go with Newcastle here. I think Newcastle have just been so good recently. Chelsea have been so poor. I totally see Newcastle winning this game. I I it might not even be close. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Wolves-Arsenal up next. That's an easy one. I'll take Arsenal again here. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, and then we have two more left here. We have Brighton versus Aston Villa and Fulham versus United. In Brighton and Aston Villa, I will be taking Brighton. They just look too good right now offensively. Um, They won that 3-2 over Wolves. I think Villa are certainly more susceptible to the counter. That's sort of how Brighton plays. So I'm going to take Brighton in this one. I think they can beat Villa pretty easily.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. Um and then we just have the final game which is Fulham versus Manchester United. Mitrovic or no is the question. Um Yeah. Okay yeah i'll go with uh i'll go with a draw. i think it's a one one draw i just i don't feel confident taking united right now like, they they kind of suck
1: okay fair enough all right yeah it could.
0: Um, okay. That's everything. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. And I hope you enjoy your weekend. Uh, make sure you guys watch these games. Hopefully these picks, uh, do you some justice. We'll see you next week. And until then, take care.